Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach with the Jock and the Doc. Hi, I'm Scott Schutte. And I'm Dr. Janine Steister. And welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. We are here to disrupt some of the current thinking around how the fitness industry approaches clients. Our goal is to educate and inspire fitness professionals to get the results, income, hours, and career that they want and deserve. Our combined experience and education in psychology and fitness create a new insight on ways to become the ultimate coach. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. I am the Jock. This is the Doc. And today we're going to talk about how to read your clients. And I'm excited to hear Dr. J break this down today. So why is this important to you and your, your fitness journey? Well, it starts off initially with the sale of the, the client. When they first come in, you have to be able to read them to kind of really know what they want to, to better serve them. It, it comes into the part when you're actually training and working with them for that retention because if you can read them better, you can match the workout and overall what they're doing better. And then finally, it's, it's just about happiness. Like, these people want someone to connect with. So they want someone to kind of understand what's going on with them. So the better you can read someone, the better your business is going to be. So Janine, can you break down how to read people? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, but I can give a couple of strategies or, or classifications to think about. And one of the things I want to start off with is reading a client so that you can understand them and as Scott said, do a better workout or whatever it might be, is not about like getting way in their business or yakking at them all the time. Some people don't like to be talked to a lot, other people do. So we're not really talking about that as much, but it's actually just trying to get a sense of what their why is for showing up to check out your facility or um, to be interested in, in training with you or what other services that you might have. And so I like to break it down into three major types. The first one is uh, they don't care. They just want to do something and they're there just to get a workout or someone to guide them through. They can check it off their list as, yep, I'm being active or my doctor told me to, or I'm just social and just want to do something for this, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And so for that person, you just want to let them know you got them. You've got something really good to offer. You'll take care of it. They don't have to think about it. And this is something they can check off. And so again, important to read that in the sense of they might not be interested in all the other things that you have and all the nuances. It's just like, yep, is this going to check my box? Do I feel like this is a good place to be? Do I feel welcomed? Great. I'm on board. So the, the next group is the, I should do this but all of these other reasons, it's never happened, it's never worked, I've tried this before. So it's the should but kind of client where they're talking about what they know that they should do or again, a doctor's told them to do or their spouses encouraged them to do. But then they're also very quick to give you all of the things and all the reasons it doesn't work or I've got kiddos at home or a stressful job or I've tried this before or nothing ever seems to work for me or um, me and carbs don't get along, so I'm not sure if this is going to be helpful because if I just work out, all of those things. And, and I know you guys have heard that. And so, again, I call that the should but client. And what I want to do there is just simplify, hear them, I hear you. This is challenging at times. We've gone through many things in the industry of different ways to do that. What we're about is figuring out what works best for you and we'll take this slow and, and, and systematically and so that you can give me feedback on what works best for you and what is working. And so you're educating them a little bit, but not too much. And you're just making them feel like, okay, this isn't some gigantic step. This isn't going to be like before and we're gonna approach this differently. So just again, here, listen for those words. 
And then the third basic type that I like to talk about is the, I'm all in, what do I gotta do? How much can I do at one time? And they're kind of your extreme people. They're the people that are used to everything from the dry Januaries to the very restrictive diet plans that they do for 30 days or two weeks. Um, they might be that person that still thinks that you can build a habit in two weeks and you can make this major lifestyle change and it'll just stick. And so they tend to be intense, extreme, or they are just all in. And so for those individuals, again, you want to sit there and talk about, yep, absolutely, what are your goals? And, and really kind of get that goal clarification and then letting them know that you will help them on their goal. And just start to articulate that you're just going to do, we're gonna get that great workout in, we're gonna look at those other lifestyle changes that you wanna make, but we're gonna do this systematically so that you can excel at this and hit new goals consistently. So telling them to slow down and it's not, you know, we don't, it's not gonna feed them well, but letting them know that following along with you and partnering with you is not only gonna allow them to get the current goal, but also maybe hit some other goals down the road that they would like to. So again, that's just my little synopsis of ways to think about that as people are coming into your gym to explore or you're starting to train with a new client. And the way I like to break this down is none of these people are, are good or bad. It just is. And so the better you have a, a understanding of that, the better you can meet them where they're at and, and keep them going on the journey. Because that's what this is all about, is just kind of guiding them along the way. So that, that first example, the person that's just kind of going there to check it off. Like, I like to break down my client's goals pretty consistently. And, and sometimes, like, you know, with the, I, j I just did this recently, and a couple that train with me, they're like, you know, we're just happy that we show up two times a week. And so if they're happy, I'm happy. You know, it's not for me to be like, well, you know, you could be leaner or you could lift more weight or you could be X, Y, or Z. Like, that's not on me. I want to figure out what makes them happy, what if they're, if they're reaching their goals. And if they are, then they're happy. And I've had a gym for 12 years and some people have been training at my facility for, you know, that, the existence that it's been open. And so you don't want to like push these people to do something that they're not really into because they'll find somewhere else to go. Um, that second person where they're, you know, they're, there's a lot going on and it might seem like they're complaining a little bit, like you have to listen to them. I've had some trainers before that worked at my place that just kind of dismissed what they were saying. That's a quick phone call that I get of like, I don't want to work with this person because they don't, they're not listening to what I said. So you need to spend that time to, to listen and guide, um, but have a little bit of that empathy with that. The all-in person is the one, at least me as a, as a young trainer, was like super excited to get because they will do anything I say. I'm like, hit your head against the wall. They're like, okay, how many times? The problem is like, you'll see these might make your great like transformation people, but they're also the people that are kind of go extreme back the other way. So you can use that excitement at first and you get some big changes, but you also have to work with them of like what's sustainable long-term. So you really have to start kind of breaking that down for them because really ultimately we don't want to be in this, this space just to help people for you know six weeks, 12 weeks. We want to be it so we can actually majorly change and improve people's lives. So with those three examples, you see anything that I'm, I'm missing there? Um, I would just add that, um, especially for that should, but can't, or it hasn't happened in the past, is finding one small thing that has worked. Sure. Having that conversation about what, what has worked, even something small that you did or change or something like that. Well, you know, I have been walking more with my dog at night. Amazing. How long have you been doing that? Well, you know, I started that about three years ago and I really enjoy it and I'm still consistent. And just reminding them of the things that they have done well 
and that have been successful. Because a big part of this, and I talk about this a lot, is that people need to, when they connect with you, to stay with you, they need to feel hope. And not false hope, not BS, not all, any of that stuff, but truly like, yep, I've got this. And so number one, helping them remember what has been successful and celebrate that with them. And then it also gives you a nice forum to start asking like, well, how'd you get started taking this dog for a walk more often? Did, did you just get a dog and then it happened? Or did you, and, and start to listen for the cues and the signals about what it was, what was the impetus that made this one thing actually happen and stay. You'll learn about their lifestyle preferences that way. You'll learn about things that kind of help them. Well, I put the leash, um, you know, right by the, the coffee maker every morning. And so that reminded me just to get my coffee and take the dog. Okay, great. Well, they do that. How might I get them to do something else? Gym bag by the door in the morning or whatever it is. So you're starting to hear that. And then slowly adding on to those types of things just allows them to feel like they can do this and, um, and that you're listening because then you can also reference those things later when they're like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. Like, hey, you've been walking that dog every night for three years. If you can do that, I know we can move this other needle. So it's again, connecting success with that next goal. Also, um, the individuals that um, are just checking the boxes that as, as Scott and I talked about and they just wanna be there, celebrating that yep. and just truly being about, hey, you are one of my most consistent clients that shows up every week, twice a week, or just the fact that they showed up. Gosh, I'm hearing that you're busy and you've been talking a lot about the, the stuff at work and all that stuff, and yet you're still here. There's a lot of people that wouldn't make this a priority, and that's awesome. And so again, just celebrating what they're doing because then they still feel connected to you. Because I do know that sometimes trainers struggle with those clients because they're not asking for a whole lot. And they're, they're, they're just showing up and you're, okay, I'll write them another program or those types of things. And so after a while you can um, unconsciously disconnect because um, you're just not mindful of that. So celebrating that, talking about that, that makes them feel like, wow, you're still paying attention to them and connected and making sure that they're part of your community. And then lastly, with the all or nothing group, um, a lot of times think about that as a slow burn education. And the, what I mean by that is now some personalities just love extremes and they love changing things up all the time. So start to figure that out with them. If they are somebody that just likes a lot of variety and that's why they always go to the extremes, then your job is to make sure that you're constantly changing up their programming and their workouts or offering additional services where you're talking about other things like their stress management and their sleep and their nutrition. Mix it up a bit. If they're extreme because that's all they know, that's their assumption is that you either eat like a child, as some people will call it, um, and then, or I'm, I'm a health nut, and that's all they think about, like this one extreme or the other, then over time, slowly educate them a little bit about those moderation pieces. Um, and again, I call that the slow burn. It's going to take a while. You don't want to flood them with a bunch, but just start helping them change their perspective. So those are just a couple of hacks I like to give um, coaches uh, and trainers um, on, on how to read and, and respond to clients. Yeah, and so just a, a few takeaways as we close up here. Um, none of these are good or bad. You just gotta be able to understand where people are at. Also understand people are gonna be very different than you. You might be more of this extreme side. Well, I see a lot of trainers kind of in this one of like, all right, I bring food and Tupperware every day and I work out every day. Gotta understand your clients might be in a different category. And, and, and lastly, 
This is why we like to have these one-on-one, -on -one, you know, individual meetings with people on a monthly basis because some people might change of which one they're in. So if, if someone comes in and they're just checking a box and then they, they've kind of slipped, shifted to a different one, like you got to be keeping up with that because you got to be giving the client what they need and that's going to keep them happy and that's going to keep with them, them with you long term. So that's all we have today. See you next time.